Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Dane. I'm here with Wags. Wags, another positional preview. Today, we're talking about the Packers' offensive line. Yeah, the big guys up front, and they're the ones that, you know how they say, you win and lose games in the trenches. And so, I know this isn't the sexiest position to talk about, uh, but uh, we've got a lot of, I think, our smartest players uh, play the offensive line, and uh, uh, they're definitely crucial to the success of this team. So let's dive right into it. And I think the biggest story coming into uh, this offseason and then uh, leading up into camp uh, was uh, Brian Bulaga moving on. So now uh, the Packers brought in ostensibly uh, his replacement in Rick Wagner. Uh, so, Dane, can you talk to us a little bit about Rick? I, I know most of you Packer fans have familiarized yourself uh, with him pretty well. A former Badger, had a, a really good start to his career with the Baltimore Ravens, signed that big contract with Detroit. Uh, things didn't necessarily probably go as well there as he wanted to, but um, he gets to come home, and um, it looks like uh, from all intents and purposes, he's going to probably be the guy uh, replacing Bulaga, at least to start off with here. Yeah, and, and and definitely to start off with, I think, is the key there, Wags. I know Coach LaFleur said uh, he'll be competing for a starting job when he signed him. Uh, and Ricky Wagner's only been able to um, start uh, 16 games one time in his career. So um, I think there's going to be some battling going on there. Um, however, I'll tell you what, as much question marks as we have on the right side of the line, the left side looks incredibly strong. Uh, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins could potentially be the, um, you know, one of the strongest left sides in all of football. Um, but uh, going back to Ricky Wagner, um, there's going to be a battle. I think there's going to be a camp battle. Uh, I think he's going to earn that starting job. But then after that, all bets are off. The Packers have a lot of guys that are going to be coming into camp battling for position here. Um, noteworthy that they didn't draft any outside guys. Uh, so, um, Wags, I think we're going to see Rick Wagner, but there's potential we see other guys as the season progresses as well. Yeah. So, and it's, it's hard to not stay, uh, in this tackle group without sort of overlapping, given that there are uh, some guys that could be moving around. Uh, they've got some positional versatility with some of these guys up front. Uh, so one of the, uh, guys that certainly were not sure would step into that tackle role at some point uh, is Billy Turner. Uh, when he signed that contract before last season, with the amount they signed him, it looked like he might be that heir apparent would slide over if Bulaga didn't come back. Instead, they signed Rick Wagner. But um, is there a possibility in your mind that Billy Turner – could still move outside and, and take that spot as well. Potentially. I mean, they paid him a four-year, $28 million contract, Wags, and uh, we were able to restructure Lane Taylor, uh, who I think Lane Taylor is a starting-worthy guard in the NFL. 
Um, it'll be fascinating to see. I think that Bill, both Billy and Lane Taylor are kind of married at the hip uh, this off season, and I think we're probably going to see more and more uh, conversation about that. Um, I thought for all the money that Billy Turner was given in his last contract, um, candidly, pretty good against the run, not as great against the pass, and um, he could be a right tackle. Uh, but at the same token, I wasn't completely sold on everything last season with Billy. I like Billy as a player, but um, everything's about how much guys are making in this league. So um, I think that there's going to be a camp battle uh, between Billy Turner and Lane Taylor even. Um, but the Packers have options, right? We could see Billy Turner starting on the right side. We could see... Um, we could see Rick Wagner starting on the right side, but then heck, we could even see like Nash, uh, excuse me, Yasha Nijman, uh, who uh, last season was on the practice squad. Um, you know, he's a big guy who could be uh, earning some snaps there as well. And and that's not to mention some of the other guys down the roster um, that that I know you and I like. I really like that kid Travis Bruffy out of Texas Tech. Um, so you know. Uh, all, all that to say, Wags, I think there's just a lot of question marks on the right side of the line and a lot of guys jockeying for position. Right now, maybe there's four guys that are guaranteed roster spots on this entire offensive line, and the rest of the guys are going to be battling not only for starting position, but really for, for that depth all the way down the roster. Yeah, so when you look at the tackle position specifically, yeah. uh, the reason I was, I'm asking about Billy Turner is for this exact reason you just mentioned. If if they feel like Lane Taylor is one of the five guys and Billy Turner is still one of the top five guys and he is able to slide over, if, if they like that option better than rolling with Rick Wagner or if there's an injury, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, I, I'm just posing whether that's still a, a possibility. I do think it's a possibility uh, because when you look at this tackle position, although there is uh, some young talent there, uh, there's there's a lot of unknowns, right? Um, you know, uh, they they also signed John Leglu off the New Orleans Saints practice squad at the end of last season. Liked enough of what they saw from him to bring him back as well. Uh, and uh, to your point, uh, a guy like Travis Bruffy, as well as Alex Light, who was on the team all last year. Um, are certainly going to have every opportunity to compete and make make a roster spot as well. Um, I, 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 I it will be interesting to see uh, what they're going to do here because um, I think backup tackle, uh, both right and left tackle, to a certain extent, um, as much as we think we're rock solid there with Bakhtiari, we see all the time even just one of these guys going down for a short term injury can be potentially devastating. Uh, to the offense. So um, it is important that we are well covered here. Um, and, and, and when you look, look at the interior offensive line group, um, I think we've got a, a, a ton of talent, but also uh, quite a bit more known depth, uh, so to say. Uh, so uh, without it goes without saying that uh, some of these guys, and you already mentioned Lane Taylor and Billy Turner, uh, Elton Jenkins as a second-year guy, uh, there's not really any competition there. He's got his spot locked down as far as I'm concerned. He's he's one of the uh, stone-cold locks to make this roster, uh, in my view. And then, uh, even though he's a backup, I really look at Lucas Patrick as someone that really, uh, while not a stone-cold lock to make the roster, he's always going to have to earn his spot. Uh, 
for what they did with him contract wise, um, I, and the versatility that he provides, uh, both the guard positions as well as the center position and the experience that he has, um, I think he's uh, as close to a shoe in as any backup on this roster. That's a great point. And, and you and I have talked for a few seasons now about Lucas Patrick's, um, he brings that fire to an offensive line. He's got that mean streak in him. He's, he's nasty out there. And I would agree with you. And um, I'll be fascinated to see long-term uh, Lucas Patrick's role with this organization, not only Wags as a guard, uh, but also potentially at the center position. I know you and I have talked offline a bit too about the, you know, the longevity potential of Corey Lindsley here uh, in Green Bay. Uh, he's going to be a free agent after this season. And um, not only Lucas Patrick, but also the Packers spending some draft capital on Jake Hansen out of Oregon. Um, you know, another guy who could be playing that interior role at the center position. And I wouldn't be surprised if before too long we're seeing a Lucas Patrick slash Jake Hansen battle for a starting role in that Packers center position. Yeah, and that, uh, not to gloss over, but I, I see these yeah. guard and center uh, spots as being fairly interchangeable, not completely so, but um, Elton Jenkins is not someone to, uh, he, there's been whispers that he might be a future center uh, as well, as crazy as that sounds. Um, he could be, you know, at the center position, if he can play center, uh, he's someone that I think has the potential to be one of the top guards uh, in the NFL. But as a center, uh, he could be, you know, a completely dynamic game changer because uh, there's not a lot of guys that have his uh, overall athleticism and skill set and size uh, to play the interior of the offensive line. So that would be quietly something to, to keep your eye on, too. And that leads us to uh, Corey Lindsley. So let's talk a little bit about Corey. He's someone that's been a stalwart of this uh, offensive line for the last four seasons. And it's almost like he's becoming a little bit of an afterthought, even though coming into this, it looks like he should be uh, the clear holdover, uh, the guy that uh, certainly on paper is going to definitely be the starter at the position. But, we were talking a little bit offline before we hopped on here, Dan, and Corey, I, you know, he's going to be a free agent after this season. Something just is in the tea uh, leaves a little bit here. I, I may be overreading this, but it just seems like a lot of the moves that this front office has made points to not only potentially moving on from Corey Lindsley after this season, which at this point, looks like it's pretty likely. Is there a chance that Corey Lindsley gets cut uh, in camp or, or potentially gets traded uh, if they find a trade partner? Uh, I know that might sound a little bit crazy, but I don't know. Something just isn't completely adding up. So what's it again? Well, Wags, I mean, you know, while that might sound crazy on the surface, I was shocked a few years ago when Josh Sitton was cut <laughs> right before camp or it ended, you know, right before the season started. Um, so, I, well, I think it's still less likely than it is likely, 
the Packers drafting Jake Hansen, the Packers drafting John Ryan Jr., who, you know, played tackle at Michigan, um, but it was going to be playing guard most likely here in Green Bay. His father was a heck of a football player. Uh, John and Ryan giving Jr. an extension to, uh, and giving an extension to, to Lucas Patrick. That's right. That's I exactly. mean, Corey Lindsley's the, Corey Lindsley's the starter and, they gave a backup, an extension, um, yeah. and no, not for a ton of money, but, you know, those things start to add up after a while. They, they sure do, and, I mean, you start to look at the depth. I mean, if Corey Lindsley's not there, maybe that opens up a role for Cole Madison again. Um, you know, right now it looks like he might be fighting for a roster spot on the outside looking in. Uh, undrafted free agent Zach Johnson from North Dakota State, right? He's a bit of a bulldog there. Um, you know, to, to your point, Wes, I guess what it comes down to is the Packers seem to have a lot of depth in the interior offensive line, like an awful lot of depth, spending draft capital on Simon Stepaniak uh, from Indiana, who, you know, is coming off a knee injury, might not be playing much this season, but still, I mean, here we go. We're looking at this offensive line, and it looks like the Packers have a lot of gamers and a lot of guys that could be NFL-worthy from day one. And uh, I just it's, it's starting to line up where I don't see a scenario where they're going to be able to afford to bring both Corey Lindsley and David Bakhtiari back. And if you're going to choose one, you're picking the left tackle every time. Yeah, absolutely. It is one of those things. It's it's really interesting to think about. And, and I realize it's like, well, why why would they cut Corey Lindsley? How does that improve the team? Well. Uh, you know, I, I was surprised. He actually has a ten and a half million dollar cap number this year. So wow. it really depends on, you know, who else is out there. This has the potential to be a pretty wild preseason camp in terms of, uh, you know, w- player movement. I, I don't know that that is likely, but. Gosh, I don't know. It seems like there could be a lot of things going on, uh, a lot of factors at play here uh, as things start to ramp up. Uh, so uh, if if there's some other guys out there or a guy, uh, not necessarily at the offensive line position, that the Packers front office feels like they can make a run at improving this team elsewhere, with the amount of depth that they have at this interior offensive line, they may feel that a guy like Corey Lindsley, if he's not in the long-term plans of the franchise, uh, could be expendable to free up some some capital uh, and make a run at improving the roster elsewhere. So that's that's another factor at play here. I, I understand that uh, Corey Lindsley, I, I like, and I think he's played really well for the Packers, but there just seems to be a lot of smoke and a very quiet smoke, but uh, when you just, you know, I'm just reading into things here when you add these up. Uh, I wouldn't be completely shocked or blindsided if that's the move that the Packers decide to make. No doubt, Legs. And uh, I, I got to ask you, as we're looking on the outside right now, um, you know, one other guy we didn't mention, who was actually in the practice squad last year, Cody Conway, uh, who... Oh, can play those offensive tackle positions, but he, you know, he, he kind of can swing and play either side of that as well. So just adding another name to the battles uh, across the board. But what I want to ask you, and we haven't seen them break for camp yet. So, you know, a lot of football to be played as these guys are in spots, but Packers tend to keep uh, nine or 10 offensive linemen on their active roster, give or take in a, in a given year. Um, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. Uh, right now, the Packers have 17 men in camp. 
of those 17 guys, there's some guys that are less likely to make the team. Are there any outsiders on this roster right now that you're looking at as a guy who could uh, either make the team or who you think might make the team, but it's going to make a huge impact this season? Well, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Uh, you know, with some of the rules, and I haven't gotten to dive into this too far to be an expert on this, but they expanded the commissioner exempt list for anyone that tests COVID positive. So that's kind of an interesting development. I, and I'm not saying that there's going to be shenanigans there. I'm assuming there's going to be clear protocols, but the offensive line is one of those position groups that I know we have been, and, and I'm sure a lot of other people are talking a lot about like what happens if a bunch of these guys, uh, you know, test positive for COVID and, I get, we've tried to steer conversations on the podcast. And, and to be honest with you, it's just not something that I really, I'm not an expert in it. I, it's not, it, it, but it's hard to ignore uh, as we get closer and closer to the season, the impact that this could have. So I, I bring that up because they might need every single one of these guys, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, we're, we're laughing about it, but the, the, the reality is, is, there, there could be an expansion of guys that they're keeping available uh, to potentially have to play uh, from week to week. So I don't know exactly what those rules are going to look like, how they can potentially, you know, navigate the roster implications. But um, I'm not going to cross any of these guys off at this point. They're all going to have to be ready to go as far as I'm concerned. Okay. That's, that's – uh... That's a good answer. I like that. And, um, you know, I think that's totally fair. Um, I just look at the, the offensive line. The good thing about this team and, uh, and it, uh, the way that they build this offensive line is they like guys that can play across the, uh, across the offensive line. I look at somebody like a John Leglue and, uh, you know, he's, you know, primarily a tackle, but can play across the board. We talked to, I mentioned briefly Travis Bruffy, but I think he's eager to play anywhere across the offensive line. I think he might actually earn a spot on the 53 as an undrafted guy. Uh, but to your point, um, you know, there's going to be guys added to the practice squad. I think that there's going to be a lot of guys contributing and, uh, and hopefully it's not the case where they all have to cre- contribute out of necessity. Um, but I actually like this group quite a bit, Wags, as we as we head into this year. I know that there's a couple question marks, but heck, what team in the NFL doesn't have question marks at the offensive line position? I think overall, Goody and Lafleur and company have really built a team that's going to be competitive at the offensive line position. And that I'll tell you what, I would put up against the majority of offensive lines across the league, not only talent individually, but there's going to be a lot of continuity on this offensive line that I think is being undersold right now. And I'm really impressed by how they've been able to keep four of their top five guys. And uh, with Lane Taylor, you know, five of their six guys that started for the offensive line last season. Yeah, and I know that he was only on the team for well over half the season or so, but uh, a veteran name to keep an eye on uh, is Jared Valdir. I thought he performed really well last season, and if he wouldn't be an expensive add. I think he's someone that obviously he was retired uh, last off season, uh, came back, played, seemed to make it known that he wouldn't mind coming back and continuing to play. Um, but perhaps he's 
kind of laying low a little bit uh, at this point as as that veteran guy that doesn't really need to, you know, go through all of the off-season programs and can kind of pick and choose what his best uh, option might be at some point, either right before the season or even into the season. So um, with the way that he was able to step in last year, he could be another option as someone uh, I think the Packers uh, would certainly look at uh, if they do need to make another move. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's nice to know he's out there. And uh, we, you and I are both at that game against Seattle in the playoffs where uh, Bulaga, you know, didn't end up playing. And we didn't even, you know, you look down and you see Valdir and he's playing like he's Brian Bulaga. And that's a huge compliment to him. So, you know, a guy that I think you and I both really admired how he handled his business last season was a nice signing for the Packers. And uh, honestly, I think that uh, it, it showed – you know, that Alex Light needed uh, opportunity to keep growing. And I'm curious to see if he's able to make that leap because I think he had an opportunity there maybe to seize that uh, that right tackle role in the future and uh, had a little bit of challenges uh, against some teams when Belaga wasn't able to play. And now it's opened up the door for a lot of other guys to come in here and compete this season. Yeah, yeah. So they've certainly got enough guys to take a look at. Yep. Uh, so, um, in the limited time they'll have for, to get their reps in, they're going to have to make a count. Um, a, a lot of it's going to come down to how well these guys are prepared, um, how they match with the guys they're lining up next to. Uh, those are a lot of little things that oftentimes go unnoticed. But uh, with the versatility that uh, a lot of these guys have, uh, there's a, number of different combinations that we could end up rolling out uh, in week one. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Like I said at the top, I know this isn't always the sexiest position to talk about, but there's a lot of storylines with this group in camp. Uh, So, you know, it's going to be hard to predict exactly which way some of these things are going to go. But uh, you're going to want to stay dialed in uh, because uh, there could be any number of, of things happening uh, as things progress uh, in terms of who's making their move, um, what what uh, uh, positions uh, they kind of lock in. Uh, you know, for example, is, is if, if Billy Turner uh, is, is staying at guard, um, a, a lot of that uh, is up in the air right now. So um, it's going to be really interesting and fascinating to watch that unfold. Wags, I... I can't believe it. I'm looking at the clock, and I think we, we handled the entire offensive line pod in about a half hour. Uh, I'm really <laughs> you, you know, you and I could go either way. We could have we could have done this for five hours or 30 minutes, and somehow we did it 30 minutes today. Yeah, and I don't think we sold anyone short either. So no, um, yeah, look at that. So anyway, uh, I'm proud of us, but we won't, <laughs> we won't belabor that point. So, folks, thanks so much for – tuning in and continuing to listen to our camp positional previews. Uh, please give us a rating, share us with a friend. Um, let us know how we're doing. I uh, really appreciate you following along. Um, Thursday, we do have another player interview, uh, another special guest uh, that will be coming to you. So stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.